Hello and welcome to a new series of the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and this series is going to be on hematology. In this first episode, I'm going to be talking to you about components of blood. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash components of blood or in the hematology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Blood is made up of plasma, which is the liquid of the blood. And this plasma contains red blood cells, white blood cells and platelets. The plasma also contains lots of clotting factors such as fibrinogen. And this is what forms blood clots. Once you remove the clotting factors from the blood, what's left is called the serum. So plasma subtract the clotting factors becomes the serum. And serum contains glucose, electrolytes such as sodium and potassium, and proteins such as immunoglobulins or antibodies, and hormones. So let's start by talking about the blood cells or the cells that are found in the blood and blood cells develop in bone marrow and bone marrow is mainly found in the pelvis the vertebra ribs and the sternum and it's important to understand the different cell lines to understand the conditions where things go wrong with these cells i strongly suggest you watch the video on the zero to finals youtube channel called understanding the cells of the immune system And this will really help to get your head around the development of different blood cells in the bone marrow. All blood cells start with something called a pluripotent hematopoietic stem cell. And these are undifferentiated cells that have the potential to transform into a variety of blood cells. Initially, they become myeloid stem cells, lymphoid stem cells, or something called dendritic cells but they become dendritic cells via various different intermediate stages. So mainly the things to remember are myeloid stem cells and lymphoid stem cells. Red blood cells, and remember the red blood cells are those donut-shaped cells that carry hemoglobin and help you to transport oxygen around your body. And the red blood cells develop from something called reticulocytes, and the reticulocytes come originally from myeloid stem cells. So reticulocytes are immature red blood cells. It's worth remembering that red blood cells survive up to three months before they age enough to just get destroyed and filtered out of the circulation. Platelets are made by something called megakaryocytes. And the lifespan of platelets is about 10 days. And the normal platelet count is between 150,000 and 450,000 platelets per millimetre cubed. The role of platelets is to clump together, which is called platelet aggregation, And these aggregates of platelets, or these clumps of platelets, plug gaps where blood clots need to form. So we talked about red blood cells and platelets. Next we need to talk about white blood cells. So we'll start with the stem cells. So myeloid stem cells become something called promyelocytes. And these promyelocytes then become monocytes, which become macrophages, neutrophils, eosinophils, mast cells and basophils. Then remember we have the lymphoid stem cells and these lymphoid stem cells become lymphocytes which can either be B or T cells. B lymphocytes which mature in the bone marrow, B for bone marrow, then differentiate into plasma cells or memory B cells. And T lymphocytes which mature in the thymus gland or T for thymus gland then differentiate into CD4 cells 
which are typically T helper cells, CD8 cells, which are typically cytotoxic T cells, and natural killer cells. So they're the three types of T lymphocytes. The final thing we'll talk about in this episode is blood film findings. And a blood film involves a specialist examining the blood under a microscope to manually check for abnormal shapes, sizes, and contents of the cells, and to note any abnormal inclusions in the blood. So these are things in the blood that you wouldn't normally expect to be in the blood without some form of disease. And this is worth learning because exam questions will often say, this was seen on a blood film to try and give you a clue about what the diagnosis is. So if you remember these different things that you might see on a blood film, it gives you a clue about what the diagnosis is in your exams. There's a lot of possible findings on the blood films, but the key ones that are worth knowing about are included here. The first one we'll talk about is something called anisocytosis, and this refers to a variation in the size of the red blood cells. This is often seen in myelodysplastic syndrome, as well as different forms of anemia. So you would expect different sizes of blood cells if you've got a microcytic anemia caused by iron deficiency alongside a macrocytic anemia caused by B12 deficiency. The next one we'll talk about are target cells. And these are cells that have a central pigmented area that's surrounded by a pale area, surrounded by a ring of thicker cytoplasm on the outside. So this makes them look like a bullseye target. And these are something that's seen in iron deficiency anemia and also after a splenectomy, so post-splenectomy. And they're an unusual type of red blood cell. The next one is Heinz bodies. And these are individual blobs that are seen inside red blood cells that are caused by denatured globin. And Heinz bodies are something that can be seen in G6PD deficiency and alpha thalassemia. The next one is Howell jolly bodies. And these are individual blobs of DNA material that's seen inside red blood cells. And normally DNA material is removed by the spleen during circulation of the red blood cells. So they can be seen in post-splenectomy patients because that DNA material has not been removed by the spleen because there is no spleen. It's also seen in patients with severe anemia where the body is regenerating red blood cells very quickly. The next one is reticulocytes, and we've already talked about reticulocytes. These are immature red blood cells that are slightly larger than standard red blood cells and have RNA material inside them. The RNA material has a reticular, and reticular means mesh-like appearance inside the cell. And it's normal for about 1% of red blood cells to be reticulocytes. But this percentage will go up where there's rapid turnover of red blood cells, such as in hemolytic anemia. And presence of reticulocytes demonstrates that the bone marrow is very active in trying to replace lost red blood cells. The next one to talk about is schistocytes. And these are fragments of red blood cells. And they indicate that the red blood cells are being physically damaged by trauma during their journey through the blood vessels. So if you imagine chopping red blood cells up into little chunks, that's what schistocytes are. They may indicate networks of clots inside small blood vessels that are caused by things like hemolytic uremic syndrome, disseminated intravascular coagulopathy or DIC, or thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. They can also be present in patients who have metallic heart valves. So as the red blood cells travel through that metallic valve, 
they get chopped up into small pieces, and they can also be found in hemolytic anemia. The next one to talk about is sideroblasts, and these are immature red blood cells that contain blobs of iron. They occur when the bone marrow is unable to incorporate the iron into hemoglobin molecules, but there's a problem in developing hemoglobin molecules, and they can indicate myelodysplastic syndrome. The next one is smudge cells, and these are ruptured white blood cells that occur during the process of preparing the blood film, and it's caused by aged or fragile red blood cells. And if you find these, it can indicate chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And then the final one to talk about is spherocytes. And these are spherical red blood cells without the normal biconcave disc shape that you find with typical red blood cells. And they can indicate autoimmune hemolytic anemia or hereditary spherocytosis. So just in summary, don't worry about all of these complicated words. They can be quite intimidating when you first approach hematology. I think the best thing to do is to go through the other hematology sections and the other podcasts that are going to come out and then revisit this one because everything will make a lot more sense. Hematology, a bit like neurology, is something that doesn't make any sense until you've been through everything and then revisit it again the second time round. So don't panic if you don't understand things all the first time you encounter them. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it helpful. And if you want written notes on this topic and all the other hematology and other topic episodes, then head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the book. You can also find all the notes for free as well as videos, illustrations and questions on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com. And I hope you tune in to the next episode, which will be all about anemia.